free your soul up a bit. This is the Perfectly Imperfect Podcast with Regina and Christine, where we share our stories as women openly and honestly. We believe it's through our journeys, our happy and sad times that connect us as sisters, because we're all perfectly imperfect. And welcome back to Perfectly Imperfect, the podcast where we have vulnerable conversations about mental health, self-growth, and relationships. I'm Regina. And I am Christine. So what's been going on? Oh, man. I know. I feel like we talk about the pandemic enough, but four months in and we're still in a pandemic. (laughs) I know. It's one of those things where the conversation has been like, oh, I would have thought by now, you know, summertime that things would have gotten better. Yeah. But nope. You know, now it's it's getting used to going out and seeing just a whole different way of living. Yeah. And people in masks everywhere, which is a great thing. I think that's what everyone should be doing. It's surprising to me that there's even a debate about it. But yeah, like, duh. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we now have this new norm. And it's so strange because I feel like, you know, four months ago, before this pandemic even started, I wouldn't have thought twice about going to the grocery store, going to watch a movie, or just like being around people I didn't know. And now it brings me such a sense of panic almost. Like if I go to the grocery store and someone stands too close, I'm like, whoa, 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 there, buddy, <laughs> you know, keep your distance. <laughs> or if I see someone without a mask, I literally will walk the other direction. Thankfully, yeah. I think in the neighborhood where I live, like people, are pretty good about wearing masks. But yeah, as you said, there are so many people who have turned this into a political debate who refuse to wear a mask. Like my friend was driving home the other day in OC and she turned a corner and there was like graffiti on a wall that said COVID-19 is a lie. Oh my God. Did you see the video that I posted the other day where this guy just goes off on a huge rant about how it's a conspiracy, how if masks worked or that the Mm, six feet distance worked, then we wouldn't be in this situation if it was just that easy. And he was just going on. And in the comments were hundreds of thousands of comments agreeing with him. And I was like, I feel like it's 2016 all over again, where (laughs) it was like the awakening of, oh my God, there are people who think the exact opposite of us what and then I guess that's what it is when you live in a bubble right yeah for sure I know it was it's definitely been like a wild revelation but I would say that this is like the first time that I feel like I can actually do something about it like I think in the past I always felt like oh I'm too young or like I don't know enough but I feel like this time around like I feel like oh actually I'm in that like prime age and I'm healthy. I am able, like I want to be able to make a difference. And you have been, you've been selling masks. How has that been going? It's been good. I've been able to find like a friend of a friend who was making masks to donate to, you know, hospital administration and things like that. And so because I told her that I wanted to sell these masks and use that money to donate to first line responders, we were able to work out a deal that was beneficial for both of us. 
So yeah, I've been selling face masks online at whereatlast.com where, you know, I just released some summer colors and they're just double layered, like 100% cotton face masks that are cute and very, very practical. Like you're supposed to do the efficacy test, which is you light a match. And if you Mm -hmm. can blow out the match, then that means that your mask is not effective. Our masks are effective, but (laughs) it's taught me to look at things from a different perspective. Like even in so many situations, when you feel like you're doing the right thing, there's always going to be people who think that you're wrong or are against you. And I think that that has really shown during this pandemic, but you know, I'm trying to make the best of the situation. And at first it was just like keeping my friends and family protected. And then I have gotten actually quite a few orders from like, you know, Instagram and TikTok and things like that. So yeah, I definitely wanted to, you know, encourage the use of masks to protect the safety of yourselves and the people around you. And I don't think that masks should be a political statement. It should just be an act of human kindness for those around you. Right. I love that you're doing that where, you know, you take your current situation, any of us, and then you you try to find a way to like help within what means that you're given. You know, I think a lot of us tend to think like, oh man, if I had thousands of dollars or if I'm in this position or whatever, then I would do it. But there's just so many things, especially now during the pandemic has really shown that the smallest act really makes the biggest difference. You know, mm-hmm. it just really takes us sitting down and being creative about it or putting more time or effort to think about how we can help other people. And I think wearing a mask is <laughs> is one of the smallest ways that we can all do it and really think of it as it's not about you, it's about everybody else, Mm -hmm. especially the people that are most vulnerable. But to be honest, nowadays, especially in California, everyone is vulnerable. Like I think that there's this misconception that, you know, the younger generation won't get sick or we won't get as sick. But studies have now shown that even young, healthy, able bodies who didn't have, you know, any type of condition before are now suffering from like brain damage, lung damage. And even after they've recovered from COVID, they've continued to suffer consequences. So I think we as a country just need to think about the greater good and not be so individualistic during a time like this. Yeah. I like what you said about how it's just, it's an act of human kindness. Mm -hmm. It's not about you, but yes, you want to protect yourself, but by protecting other people, you're also protecting yourself in that sense. So yeah, I think with that, we can jump into today's topic, which really links in with, you know, your mm-hmm. mask and everything that you've been doing. But we wanted to really talk about and highlight the fact that Regina started her own clothing line. Uh-huh. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Congratulations! Thank I know this you. is something that you've been planning and talking and working on. I was talking about it with Jack. I was like, there's been so many obstacles just (laughs) for (laughs) Regina to get to this point of launching. Yeah. So yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit more about your women's workwear brand and company? Yeah. So I don't know why, but like, before recording this episode, I was so nervous. I was telling Christine that I feel like usually when it comes to perfectly imperfect, like I'm always like, oh yeah, like once we start recording, it's good. But I don't know, like at last has been my baby for the past year and a half or so, like maybe a little bit more than that. And it started as a budding idea. It literally was like, I had just moved back from LA. My mom and I were just kind of talking about like, oh, you know, now that you're back, like, what do you want to do? Do you want to look for a job? Do you want to do this? And if you listen back to, you know, some of the episodes that we recorded during then, like I felt very lost, but I think that the idea of this kind of 
grew and solidified over the past year and a half. And yeah, now I clearly know what it is and what it stands for. And to me, at last is a women's workwear company that inspires confidence through simplicity. And what I realized about myself and why I decided to go down this path is that I have always loved fashion. Like I remember when Christine and I first met, she would always be like, oh, wow, you like dress really nicely. And I thought that that was such a compliment. Like I think that I always prided on myself on being able to put together nice outfits and look cute and, you know, like look very put together because that was something that was like taught to me from my parents, my grandparents and things like that. But year after year, time after time, I never felt like fashion was for me. You know, I never felt like fashion was for curvy girls. I never felt like fashion was for Asian girls. Like I just never saw myself reflected in fashion magazines. And I think that as I got older, I started to realize like that toll that it took on me. And then Instagram came along, right? And Instagram is constantly showing you the new trends, these dresses that cost hundreds and hundreds of dollars that you wear to the one event for that one Instagram photo. And then it sits in the back of your closet forever and you never touch it again. And I just started to realize like how much I fell into that impracticality and like how much that I felt like that represented me as a woman. Like, oh, I have to buy that dress to look like that so that other people will think I'm beautiful or think that I'm worthy or whatever, you know? And I think that there are just like so many unrealistic expectations that come with women's fashion. Like it's impossible to go to a store to find a top that isn't sheer or cropped or ruffled. And I'm like, sometimes I just want like something plain and simple that's flattering and, you know, all of the things that make me feel good and confident. And so that was kind of the foundation of which I wanted to build at last. As much as, you know, I say, don't focus on your appearance and all those things, what matters is on the inside. I do think that when you put on like a good fitting pair of pants or like a cute top, like you feel better as long as it fits well. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that that's what's most important. And I think that that's really what I wanted to focus on, like how women feel when they put on these clothes, because I have definitely gone through more than a good handful of days where I'll just put on an outfit and my day is ruined. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's kind of like the foundation of which I wanted to start at last and what that means to me. Yeah, I love that you are creating a world within an industry that you didn't see yourself being acknowledged or represented. And then for you to connect with that versus it can easily feel like, well, I just don't belong. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like this is for me and feeling inadequate, which is something that I really love what you said about how growing up, we don't see ourselves in the magazines or in the movies. Therefore, no matter how much we try to emulate that, you know, that's what we do growing, especially as I'm sure guys do it too, but girls is like, okay, fine. Then that's what we put on the makeup. That's what we mm -hmm. do the hair. That's what we do because even the hair was always like, oh, Victoria's secret hair yeah. because you wanted that big curly hair. You describe things as that because you try to mimic what you see as what is beautiful, what is attractive, what you want to be like. And when we don't have those examples for us, it's so easy for us to feel frumpy and turn inwards and think that there's something wrong with us. Because I mean, that logically makes sense in our heads, right? Especially growing mm -hmm. up. So yeah. tell us more about the name. Why at last? 
when I was coming up with the concept of the clothing line, I was like having a discussion with my parents and my dad actually came up with the name. And at first when he said it, I was kind of like, oh, I don't know. I wanted it to be like one word. I don't know. Like, I just feel like there are a lot of names that I feel like when they're one word, it comes off as bolder and stronger. But then the more I thought about it, the more fuzzy, warm feelings I got from it. Like, I think that that name at last, it has like that feeling of like, ah, accomplishment. Like I did it. I can do it. I, I made it, you know, like it's that feeling of being able to achieve what you set your mind to. And in a way to me, I feel like it's that feeling of being very free to be who we truly are. And that realization that we as women have everything that we need within us. I think that that was a feeling that I didn't achieve until more recently. And even so, it's something that I'm working towards. I think back to the person that I was when we first met to now. Mm -hmm. And I realized like how much my confidence has grown in the way that I'm more confident in who I am. I'm more solidified in who I am because I have friends like you who constantly remind me like, oh, you're Mm -hmm. unique. You're special. There are certain things that only you can bring to the table. And I think for so long, I... I didn't feel that. I was just like, oh no, I'm just like everyone else. But I think that that's how every woman feels like, oh, I'm just like everyone else. I really wanted this name and this brand to just help women feel that they have everything within themselves. Mm. And I feel like the name at last is that achievement feeling that I hope that every woman can incorporate into their lives. Yeah. Yeah. I love that your dad was the one that came (laughs) up with it. I almost hear it. if it was your mom, I would hear it in a sarcastic. It was like, oh my god, at last, Regina, yeah, <laughs> last, you're finally doing this. You know, it reminds me yeah. of the Rupee quote where she's like, for every woman, the greatest truth is realizing that you had everything that you needed within yourself. Mm-hmm. It was the world that convinced you that you did not. Yeah, and I really resonate with what your explanation was of like the name at last, where it sounds like at last you meet yourself at mm-hmm. last you welcome yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At last, you embrace yourself. Like you said, it is a very freeing and liberating feeling to do that for yourself when so much of it, especially when you're talking about like fashion or brand or being like as a woman, we search for that outwardly. Mm-hmm. We look for that. Oh my God, at last I found the one. At last I finally found the career. At last I have the house with the white picket fence and all that. But really it's at last you've already had everything that you needed within yourself. Exactly. I think a question that a lot of people have within even their own lives when it comes to starting something is what made you decide to finally do it? Mm -hmm. It's one thing to have this dream, but what made you actually do it and start it? (laughs) I was cornered into it. No, (laughs) like I... (laughs) Your mom, at last. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think growing up, I always knew that I wanted to do something. I never knew what that something was. And I think that I was always like, I'll wait until I'm ready. I'll wait until I'm ready. And I never felt like I was ready. And I think that that's the feeling that a lot of people have. I think in this instance, I had just moved back from New York. I was floating and I wanted to do something so desperately. And I think in this instance, my mom did help me a lot through this because I think even though she doesn't always understand what I'm going through or what I want. I think that she could feel that within me that like, I do want to start something and not prove myself, but just show myself that like, I can do it, you know? And so I think that it really was just 
starting. I know that a lot of people say that, but it's like, even if it's, oh, I'm going to look at a few outfits today and choose some of my favorites, or I'm going to create a mood board, or I'm going to make a list of brands that I admire. Like these little things ended up leading to this big thing that I'm now working on. And I think that if you have that interest, if you have that inkling within you, it's so, so special because I don't think I realized how special that inkling was. And now that I'm older, I can tell, you know, early 20 year olds, like, oh my God, if you have that inkling, go for it. But I think me, (laughs) when I was that young 20 year old, I was like, oh, everybody has this inkling. Everybody has this dream. And I remember growing up, my mom used to always say, oh, you have these big dreams. You have these big, big (laughs) dreams. Okay. And I just assumed that everybody had that. But as I got older, I realized that no, not everybody has this dream. Not everybody wants to start their own thing. Not everybody wants to have a podcast and do YouTube and, you know, do TikTok, Instagram, whatever. It's unique to the people who decide to pursue that. And I think that once that came to fruition and I realized that I was like, oh, so what am I going to do about it? And again, it really did start with those little, little steps I realized that, oh, if I'm going to go into fashion, I should probably learn a little bit about design and clothing and like how it works. And so I started taking design classes. And I think that the more you work towards it, the more real that it becomes and the more real that it becomes, the more that you need to bring it Mm. to life. And I think that that is what I definitely struggled with and I'm still working through, but I think that, you know, I've recently become very plant obsessed and I've realized that there's so many lessons to be learned through taking care of plants, which is like, there's so much growth happening all the time, as long as you tend to it. And as long as you pay attention. And I think that for me, it was always easier to pay attention to other people's growth because I'm a very empathetic person. So I am always the first to notice changes and things in other people, but I learned to do that within myself. And I realized how much I was able to grow and learn by just investing my own time into doing the things that I felt like were necessary. And so, you know, up till now, it's still a learning process of all the things that I need to do. And I'm constantly learning every day, but I think that makes me excited. Like, I think that there was a point in my life where I felt very stagnant and very like, oh my God, what am I even doing with my life? I felt very I was quite unhappy, to be honest. Like I just felt like I wasn't going anywhere. I was just in still water and I didn't like that feeling. So I knew that I needed to pick myself up from that rut and just start doing something about it. Mm -hmm. I hear you on your analogy of like the plants because you know, if we're going to go with that analogy, it's like you see other people's blossoming like roses Mm -hmm. and peonies. But on the day to day, when you're planting the seed and you're checking every two seconds, it's like it doesn't feel like anything's happening. It doesn't feel like as you're watering or you're checking the soil, all these little things Mm -hmm. that anything's happening. Mm -hmm. You start doubting yourself and it doesn't help when you're looking at other people's gardens. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it is the day to day. And I think that's the part, the starting part where it can feel the most discouraging because you're putting in seemingly all your hopes and dreams and starting this process of building consistency when you have no structure. That's why it's hard when you're starting something on your own versus working for somebody who already basically created that structure for you. So you know what you have to do if you do these things, even if it's just like, oh, it's my job to finish one through 10 tasks then you're like, I feel accomplished or like I did it. Versus when you're doing something on your own, no one's telling you what to do. You don't know if this is going to help. You don't know if you're doing the right thing. 
And even if you're taking classes or even if you're like following other people's examples, it still is your business, your brand, your voice that you're learning and crafting. And that's the part of like, is this watering helping? Is it doing anything or is <laughs> am that, I am over-watering? I killing the am, yeah. I under, <laughs> am I underwatering? Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely think that I've never thought so much in my entire <laughs> life about my every little move. And I think the thing too about starting is like letting go of ego and letting go of expectations. Mm-hmm. I think that we all go into this thing being like, oh my God, I need to be wildly successful. While obviously that'll be good for your livelihood, but I think that it takes time. Like, again, we've said this so many times on this podcast, when you're, you know, comparing your step one to someone else's like step 1000, it's not realistic. And I think that that is also something that I'm learning throughout this process where all the watering and the checking the soil and the moving them to the right light and, you know, finding all these like opportune moments and ideas and, you know, trying to expand on them. Like that is what I'm trying to focus on. Like I'm trying to focus on how much can I learn? How much can I build out this brand message. I feel like even with this podcast, you know, Christine and I have like a team now for PIP and I feel like I'm learning so much from them because there are so many aspects to building something that when we see it, we're like, oh, that looks great. And that makes sense. But when you're the one who has to come up with it, like that's a different story. So I definitely think that I'm looking at this as a learning experience. And I think if you have a hard time starting or you're scared of starting, which I completely relate to having an accountability person helps a lot. My mother was my accountability person (laughs) and I have friends who are my accountability people as well, but my mother was definitely like on my ass about a lot of things. And I think that in a way, sometimes I was like, okay, you need to chill. (laughs) Like this is my thing. But I think in a lot of ways too. Like she helped me take the steps that I was afraid to take. And I think just starting small, like if you feel like it's too overwhelming to build a brand book, then create like a mood board, you know, write down a few ideas that you have. I have hundreds and hundreds of notes on my phone. It's those little lists compiled that will one day turn into the bigger idea of what you're trying to do. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Those are the things that attribute to the experience that only you will have on this journey that will speak for itself as you continue on. Mm -hmm. That's why you look at, especially older people, ideally you're like, oh my God, you're so wise. Everything you say comes with so much confidence. Or I look at Gary Mm Vee videos Mm -hmm. and he's like an inspirational, like kind of like Tony Robbins and all that, but he's like so in your face and he Mm -hmm. cusses all the time. So whenever he says anything, it just feels like he's like, 120% 120% sure about it. But you could tell that it's because he's been through so much in his life that when he speaks about it, it's coming from a place of he knows, mm-hmm. but also leaving room to learn and adjust based off of the world and not being able to predict, not being really truly being in control of anything mm-hmm. other than yourself, right? Yeah. So I think that's a good part to maybe you can share with us what your journey has been like since the conception to where you are now mm-hmm. and including times where, like you mentioned, that you, know, you were really doubtful or really sad or really down mm-hmm. as well as maybe key moments that you were like, oh man, I'm on the right track. And Mm -hmm. this feels like what I should be doing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
For sure. This will dial it back to like 2018 when I first moved back and this was like an idea. And as I mentioned earlier, you know, when I first started to have this idea, I was like, oh, I should take some design classes. So I took some design classes. I learned to draw styles and, you know, understood like how patterns work, what kind of fabrics I should look for, how clothing is even put together. I remember the first time I looked at a fabric pattern, <laughs> the teacher looked at me and she's like, what is this? I was like, uh, <laughs> like pants. She's like, yeah, but like, how does it connect? And even just learning like how the fabric and the crevices like come together, like it was so fascinating to me. And it really gave me like a better understanding of like how clothing works and how style works and how the fabric works cohesively together. Mm-hmm. Then I spent the next few months like collecting Pinterest boards and, you know, saving a bunch of stuff on Instagram of things, of styles that I liked, of looks that I liked. And that's kind of when I started to realize that what I really wanted to focus on was like simplicity. I think I wanted to create unique styles, but I wanted it to be simple and comfortable. Like that was always my priority. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I ended up choosing women's workwear is because I realized that there's only a small handful of brands that I feel like really focus on that fun aspect when it comes to work. Like, I think that there's a lot of fun brands for vacationing and parties and, you know, all the things that we do in our spare time. But for the five days a week, the nine to five, like there weren't any brands that really focused on like the working woman or like wanted to provide comfortable and basic outfits that looked simple, but also encouraged that fun aspect to it. You know, like Mm -hmm. we're spending Mm -hmm. so much time at the office. We might as well look cute. That was kind of like (laughs) what my budding ideas were. But even throughout this whole process, I make it sound easy now, but making the Pinterest board took me weeks and I would create one. I was going to say, like, I was like, I still remember telling you about Pinterest and you're like, I don't get it. It's so confusing. How do I go about this thing? And then I would create a Pinterest board, look at it and hate it. And then be like, no, I don't like this. Literally, if you look at my boards right now, there's like at last one, at last mood one, at last two, three, four, you know, like and there's just yeah. so many different folders because I was confused as to what I was looking for. And mm. even now, I think that that's what I'm hoping to solidify over the next few months, like, you know, branding wise, like the look of everything. But I think I'm starting to be able to narrow it down. But at the beginning, it's so overwhelming. Pinterest is so great, but so overwhelming. And I think that there would be so many days where I would be like, oh my God, these all look so cute. And then just scrap the project. So I think, you know, in hindsight, it's always easier to talk about and being like, oh, well, I just created, you know, a couple mood boards, you know, pencil sketched a few things and then it was done. It was like, there's so many doubts and fears that go into it and just like so much overthinking. (laughs) That's how the movies make it look, right? It's like a two second montage where she's like, I'm going to start this. And then she draws a couple things and there it's done, you know? Yeah. But in reality, I mean, it makes sense because this is more than just like, Like I'm working for someone and they want this type of look, Mm -hmm. you know, so can you create something that's like this? It's like, how do you put into a visual aspect that you're going to make into like an actual product, your voice, your concept, everything that you're about, everything that you're packaging in all of this, which is like practicality, but fun, but also comfortable and also fashionable and simple. Like that's not a, (laughs) that's not an easy (laughs) thing. I can see why, you know, you're saying only a few companies do this. And Mm -hmm. to be real, I always had that issue. Once I worked at Wang Fu, I was like, oh my God, this is fantastic. I just wear t-shirt and jeans. I don't have to think about anything, right? (laughs) But I, I can totally understand 
before when working in weddings and all of that, where you're like, I have to put together something that's going to look professional, but also not look like I'm from the 80s. I I feel like women's workwear is just either really bland or it's like you said, a lot of frills. So putting all of that into who is Regina Mm -hmm. and what is it that you want this brand to make other women feel absolutely makes sense in like having multiple, multiple edits and versions to Mm -hmm. even get to where you are now. So then- Pinterest. So how did you get from Pinterest to (laughs) actually making the designs and putting that into real life? You know, that thing that you said earlier about like, oh, what made you feel like you were going the right path? Yeah. I think it was all of these little things. So I started taking the design classes, started coming up with the patterns. And then I found out that actually one of my best friends, her mom works in fashion production. So I don't know how we started talking about it, but I think I was like, oh yeah, I remember her mom saying that she works in that. And my mom and her mom have actually been getting really, really close over the past like two years. And so when we brought it up, she was immediately like, oh yeah, I can help you. And I was talking to Christine about this earlier, where it was like, I think that there are so many events in my life in the past where it felt like, I don't know, fate, destiny, whatever you want to call it, where it's like, oh, hey, I want to do this thing. Oh, and you know, I get this opportunity and then I don't ride the wave. I look back in my past and not to say that I have any like harbored regrets, but it's just like, oh, I could have taken more advantage of that or like use that as an opportunity for learning or growth or whatever. So in this instance, I'm going to refer to her as my aunt (laughs) because it's easier that way. But Mm -hmm. she basically became my fashion consultant. I would come to her and be like, hey, I want to create this style. What kind of fabric should I get? And, you know, and we would like work through it and talk through it. And then she would actually go to downtown LA with me and we'd go to fabric markets and things like that to find the types of fabrics that would work well with the designs and things like that. And then she also had a connection to a small family owned factory in El Monte that's super close to us. Mm. So it just felt like all these pieces started to come together and I couldn't deny it in a way. Like, I think that there was so much that was working in my favor that I was like, wow, I really need to do this justice. And the ideas and the plans that I had are coming together. It felt almost too good to be true. But then I was like, okay, no, no, no. Like this means that things are working and like I'm heading in the right direction. Mm -hmm. So COVID kind of messed with a few things, but I started working with her on finalizing like my styles and things like that. I bought like a couple of rolls of fabric here. And I started to go into production on a few things locally. So it was a t-shirt and a blouse. Those are the things that we're working on right now. Then last November, I had this idea like, Hey, you know, the things in LA are good, but I feel like there are just a lot more possibilities in China. I have a friend who runs a fast fashion empire really. And she was like, Hey, yeah, like, why don't you come with me to China and I'll show you around. And our dates ended up matching up perfectly. So I, was able to spend like a day with her in Guangzhou. But then when I went there, my uncle, who's a professor, his student's distant cousin owns one of the fabric stores in Zhongda in Guangzhou, which is like the biggest fabric market, I believe. I don't know if it's in China, but it's the biggest fabric market in Guangzhou. And so she was so, so kind. And she would like let us use her store as like our hub while I went to go look around like other stores and like learn about fabrics and things like that. And then she introduced us to in China. 
And then she introduced us to this like small factory that usually makes sample clothing for companies. But then they're like, oh, well, if you're only going to do small batches of clothing, then we can handle it. And the reason why I wanted to do small batches of clothing is because I wanted to make sure that these were styles that people would actually want. Fashion is the third most polluting industry in the world. Like I didn't want to just be another brand that just overproduced clothing just for the sake of it and just to sell it. Like I wanted to be very intentional with the items of clothing that I created and to make sure that I'm meeting the demands of the consumer. And so when they agreed to make the small batches, I started working directly with them, you know, picking out styles, working on the measurements, and then having to work in both like inches and centimeters. Like that was a very long and grueling process. But again, it just felt like so many of these things were coming together that I couldn't deny it in a way. Like I felt like throughout this whole process, the person who stood in my way the most was myself Mm. because of my doubts and fears and insecurities. But there were so many other factors, outside factors that were working in my favor that I was like, oh my God, okay, we're really doing this. And I really need to start thinking outside of myself. Like I really need to start thinking about this brand and how I want it to grow. So yeah, once I finalized a lot of the styles, COVID hit in China. And so all production got halted. Well, actually it was Chinese New Year where everybody had like almost like a month off. (laughs) Yeah. And then once Chinese New Year was over, it was COVID for like another month or two. And then after their rules started getting a little bit more lenient, COVID hit us. Yeah. So there were definitely a lot of like roadblocks in the process of, you know, preventing production from getting done. And so I think that that's when I realized kind of going back to what you said at the very beginning, it was like, oh, how am I going to pivot, especially in the times of COVID when people don't really want to spend that much money or aren't really looking to be like buying new clothes because we're not really going anywhere now. And during that time, my local production of the t-shirts were pretty much wrapping up. And I remember waking up one morning and I was like, what if I started selling my teas and masks and use that to donate to first line responders? And that's when I completely pivoted what I was originally planning on releasing and things like that to now what we're selling on the website, which is a for good bundle, which is a tea, a mask and a scrunchie for $35, but 70% of the proceeds go to first line responders and face masks, which are $5. And also 70% of the proceeds go to first line responders. I just felt like I want this company to do good. Growing up, my parents have always taught me, you need to help others. And that has just been so instilled in everything that I do, even with this podcast, with the clothing line, everything. I just want to help people. Like that's at the core of what I want to do. And I felt like what a better time to help people than during a pandemic. And again, I think I had to think outside of myself and my insecurities and my fears and doubts to think what is the greater good that I can do for the general community. Mm -hmm. Wow. I mean, I know you like summed that up in a couple of minutes, but that was like such a journey and process just to get to this point. And Mm -hmm. it also sounds like there were many moments of, as much as I agreed to like the little, what I call them cookie crumb moments of just this is too much of a coincidence for it to just not be meant to be, you know? So Mm -hmm. I'm going to take it as such, as in like, you know, there's some people that can reason it away and be like, well, I mean, 
yeah, but still, but still, right? Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. like, how do you reframe that in your head that can align with what your intentions are? Like you said, the inkling inside of you. And if that cookie crumb moment really matches that, what is that lesson in that moment for you? What is your takeaway, your true takeaway versus the default voices that come in and say like, but still, will anyone really want this? Or like, are you just trying to make this a bigger deal than it actually is? Mm-hmm. And you can see that for anything, right? The glass half full or half empty. It doesn't mean that either one is right or wrong. It's how you want to look at it. Mm -hmm. So I think for you being able to piece together those cookie crumb moments have led you here and starting a whole company that started off as a far off dream, but now it's real and tangible. It's here. What are also some of those moments that you felt really lost or you felt like we're talking about with the plant analogy, like, Mm -hmm. are you overwatering? Are you not watering enough? Mm -hmm. Like things aren't happening the way that you planned it. I'm sure you had just mental moments where you're like, WTF, right? Yeah. Oh, I had many, many, (laughs) (laughs) many, many moments. I think that the biggest one that was kind of like the overarching theme is like, why me? Like, why do I think of all people like I should be doing this or I could be doing this, especially since I didn't study fashion, I didn't study design. Like there's so many things about this industry that I don't know. And I think that sometimes if I focus too much on the, I don't know, or I can't, I would Mm -hmm. spiral and just be like, oh my God, what am I doing? I'm literally just forking over money over something that I don't even know if it's going to be successful, or I don't even know that much about this industry. I'm always been on the consumer end of it. I've never been on like the retailer end of it. And how, why me? Like, why do I think I can do this? It's really like me just questioning myself and my abilities. Mm -hmm. And I think I had many of those moments like, oh, I'm not ready. I'm too young. I haven't had enough experience. Like all of these things that continue to add to that spiral. And I started to realize that my biggest enemy in this whole process was myself and the things that I would tell myself. And it was a lot of what you said earlier, you know, like, am I good enough for this? Like there are so many brands out there. Like why do people want to buy something from me? And I think that there were some like pretty dark times when I was very, very unmotivated. And even though there were so many opportunities outside of what was in my control that were working out, I still had those like, oh, but I don't know if I can do it. I don't understand why I decided to choose this path or, you know, was this even a good idea? Mm -hmm. I had plenty of those moments and I had weeks where I wouldn't touch anything that had to do with that last because in a way to be dramatic, I was like, oh, I didn't want to own up to what could be a really big failure. Oh, that's so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that I really had to change my mindset. I think that that was a huge part of my learning curve, changing my attitude towards myself and the doubts that I have. Like, why do I have those doubts? Like there are so many other people that I think I look up to that I'm like, oh, wow. But like, they know all of this. They were able to do it and even younger age. Why can't I? And I think that that is the part of the stories that you don't really hear, like the struggle, the doubts, the fears that you really need to work towards. And I have had plenty of my dark days. And, you know, as I've said on this podcast, like many times before, I'm not the type of person to sit in my room and cry about it. But I think that I would find every distraction that I could 
to prevent me from moving forward with at last, because the more I could prolong it from becoming real, the more time I had to kind of just be like, oh, well, that's like for later, you know, I don't have to deal with that right now. But all of those times caught up with me and (laughs) I couldn't run away from it any longer. I actually joke that, you know, this pandemic has actually been really good for me because I think that before Mm. I would fill my weekends with like plans and stuff like that. Right. And then during the week, I'd be like, oh, I need to get these like five things done. But if I didn't, I would still go out and like hang out with my friends. So in a way, like forcing myself to stay at home all the time and like face the fact that I have to get these things done, like it's been actually really good for me. I have had my fair share of struggles. And, you know, even though now I can put things in a very like pretty picture, like, oh my God, I just had an idea and I looked at some fabrics and I just (laughs) put it together. You know, it definitely wasn't that easy. And it's still not. It's still not like I think now even trying to figure out like what is the brand voice? You know, I have this very strong idea of what I want the messaging to be, but it's like, how do I convey that? And I think that this is all part of the learning that I am now excited to do. Like, I think that I used to be really scared and I still in a way am very scared, but I think that being an entrepreneur is really about thinking outside of the box and it's being handed something and being like, okay, what can I do with it? You know? Mm -hmm. And that kind of goes back to like the riding the wave thing. Like if you have something that's going well, ride the wave. And I think that before I was always too scared. I've actually gone surfing before and I was always too afraid to stand up. And now when I think back to that riding the wave analogy, I'm like, no, I need to stand up. Mm. I'm ready to stand and take this on. Hey guys, Regina here. It's easy to get consumed with tasks in our daily lives and completely ignore our mental health. During these trying times, we here at PIP encourage you to take time out of your day to invest in yourself inside and out. There's been a lot going on in my personal and professional life that has left me feeling really overwhelmed. In the past, I would have just ignored it and just gotten over it. But now that I've learned to see the signs and ask for help, that's where better help comes in. My counselor listens and gives feedback from a third-party perspective and encourages me to find confidence and self-love from within. I am able to better process my emotions and distinguish what I can and can't control. These counseling sessions have been a wonderful addition to bettering the state of my mental health, and I love how easy it has been to have these sessions within the comfort of my own home. Since working with my counselor, I've been able to set more attainable goals and forgive myself for the fluctuation between super productive and non-productive days. It's been a rough year for all of us, so let's learn to be a little more kind to ourselves. Getting started is easy. Head to betterhelp.com pip to take a short quiz to assess your needs. You will be paired with a licensed professional within 24 hours. If you have been thinking about getting therapy, BetterHelp has been a wonderful platform that provides affordable care worldwide. And for being part of our PIP fam, you will get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com pip. So start taking care of you and your mental health today. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash pip, P-I-P. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you on that where we talk about passion not being enough. Passion is actually the one thing that will help you push through. 
And this is what I realized throughout my journey and being around a lot of people who follow their intuition and go down an unconventional path versus the one that they're supposed to go on. And this is what I've learned even in my own life is that if you have an inkling, it's a seed. Mm -hmm. But if you lean into that, whatever you create, whether it's a clothing line or let's say Regina ends up pivoting and goes into anything like she starts selling surfboards, you know, all these things. <laughs> the passion, the inkling that she started off with is her. It's part of her experience. It's part of her voice. And that is what adds to the uniqueness of what you bring that nobody else can bring. There can be a billion surfing companies, a billion clothing companies, but the essence of what really makes a difference, especially I think with entrepreneurs and small businesses, which is why, you know, it's so important to support small businesses is because it's so personal. And there's so much behind the reason why this is even being created. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the part where when we're starting off, especially we associate it with like, oh, we're young. We're what Regina said. Why me? I'm not an expert. I don't know. Someone else can do it better. But when you trust in that inkling and you work on the mentality side of leaning into what is it that you're going to learn and discover that will add to this overall experience of how to better cultivate your voice and what you can do to better help this world through that inkling, that is what you'll learn and discover. And that is what will make whatever you create that much stronger. Mm -hmm. So it is honoring the process as you're learning it. So it's not necessarily like I have to create 100% best product when I launch and have it hit on this note because that means that that's my cookie crumb. I think that's what I always thought too. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, the person that gets like, all these followers or sells like a million quantities of their like product the first that means that they're on the right track this is meant for them right but understanding now it's about sustainability and what is it that you can learn about yourself and what me and regina have learned is how you can better help other people with that with mm-hmm. that inkling so my question to you is what do you hope women walk away with feeling about themselves with at last or this inkling that you have in wanting to help women and other people? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Definitely confidence. I think that that has been such a recurring word as I have been trying to build out this brand. And I realize like how much the world works against confident women. And Mm. I was actually, uh, I've been going through some like family matters. And so we've been going through a lot of like old photos. And as a kid, like I could feel my confidence through those photos, like the way that I would smile and pose, like I didn't have a care in the world. But as I got older, I started to create these like ideas in my head of why I can't, of why I'm not enough. I'm not everything, all of the above. And I realized like how much that really affects our ability to succeed, our ability to be good friends, our ability to be good people in society. Because I think that one of the reasons why we are so hard on ourselves is because the world is so hard on us. And I think that the world expects us to be a certain way, but then also doesn't really give us the tools to do that. And then when we go against what society thinks that we should be, we're called names and we're given labels and things like that. And I think that the thing about humans, really, not just women, is that we're all so uniquely special. And I really want to be able to give 
us that opportunity to shine and feel confident and comfortable. And, you know, again, I say that, like, I understand that appearances aren't everything, but I do think that when you feel comfortable in like a nice fitting pair of pants, I feel like I can take on the day. And I think that like, there are so many memories that I have in a dressing room where I'm like, oh, this doesn't fit or it doesn't look right or doesn't, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's clothing. But all of those little experiences build up into a greater insecurity. And I don't want women to have that feeling. I want them to be comfortable and confident within their own skin and realize the beauty that they carry within themselves. Mm, (laughs) So beautiful. (laughs) It really is. I mean, that resonates so deeply because, I mean, I've talked about it throughout this podcast. It's just like being attractive and that I think as women, your self-worth is based off of you being attractive. And that's where your confidence or lack of confidence comes from, you know? And I totally agree where... We judge ourselves so harshly because we've been judged by the world. Who we started off with, you said that little girl that was confident in photos has been told, if you really think back, has been told in many different ways, whether it's verbally or just through observation, that that's not okay, that that's Mm -hmm. not acceptable, that's not attractive, that's not wanted. How can we not have that affect our confidence and kind of shove down who we really are? There's this rediscovery period of, you know, especially in our 20s and 30s as we enter the real world and really are confronted with the self-awareness, kind of that awakening again of like, wait, who am I? Mm -hmm. You know, and do I really agree? All these things I'm told, whether it's at work or at home and as a woman, and this is what I should want. And by this age, I should be doing this. And I haven't done that. Does that mean this? And all these things. It's just a lot of noise. Yeah. So I really like where at last where you're really emphasizing like simplicity around confidence because Mm -hmm. you strip all those things away really getting to the point of what you said being not only comfortable but confident in your own skin Mm -hmm. like that's a journey in itself yeah and I love that that's just who you are that's tying that into your inkling and what you've been through as a woman and a person because you have lived it and you currently still live it and you currently still struggle with it that you can speak so truthfully about it putting that into something like whether it's fashion or lifestyle or stationery or this Mm -hmm. podcast right it's coming from a very truthful place that people know that it's not something that you're making up or that you're just talking about something that you don't understand. I think this is why it's more than just, like you said, clothing. I know you. This is who you are, you know? And I think that's the beauty of what you're creating. And it's a stepping stone in really helping other people and women to believe in themselves in whatever way that they decide to start advocating for yourself. Yeah. It's funny because I think back to when I was working with our friend Jeanette on the logo and like the concept of it. And we went through quite a few drafts. (laughs) But I think that as we were talking about it and like the concept, Jeanette brought up this like idea of like a chapter book Mm -hmm. that at last is kind of that representation of that plot twist in a woman's life when she realizes like, oh, wait a minute, all the things that society has told me growing up, that's not who I have to be. 
I can be whoever I want to be. And I can have that confidence in myself to do what I want. And, you know, I think that in a sense, it's very autobiographical from my personal experience. But even, you know, as we were trying to figure out like, oh, what do we want the logo to look like and things like that? I was like, I want it to be filled with curves and shapes that embrace women's bodies and remind us that we're all different, but beautiful. And really focusing on that, like, plot twist moment when we realize like everything that we want and need we have within ourselves. And I hope that every woman can get to that point in their lives. I think that some get there earlier than others, but I think that it's a beautiful blossoming moment when it does. Yeah, really. And I think one of the core things to you and your voice that I think people even just listening back to past episodes that's consistent with you that you've learned is you always say, find what works for you. Mm -hmm. And I think at last, it's a culmination of what you've been through to understand and embrace that for yourself. Knowing you in your early 20s, I think even before then, I knew you before you Mm -hmm. turned 20, right? That it was the how do I mimic and emulate what I see? And then you went on this whole journey of like, but that isn't what really brought you true happiness or fulfillment because you did obtain a lot of those things and you still had a lot of moments where you were just like, this isn't it. This is not what I thought it would be. We released an episode where you were just talking about that. Mm -hmm. And now getting to a point where it's like, through at last, even your clothing. I feel like with fashion and clothing or anything, a lot of it is an expression of yourself. Mm-hmm. With at last, it really just sounds like take what you've experienced in life and find what works for you and embrace that. Not necessarily how do you take elements from other people to try to conform yourself to something that you're not and you feel constricted and you feel like this is in you, but this is what the world wants you to be. This is what you should want. But through what you've been through, it's like, no, that's just strip that away. Who are you and how do you make that work in the sense of make it work as in like, how do you love yourself for all of that that you are and have been? Mm -hmm. And in that sense, I love that where it only makes sense that Jeanette would come up with something that that (laughs) deep and like the plot twist of just like, oh, you thought you thought that I would like go the rest of my life being like, this is what it almost in a sense, like not brainwashed, but just convincing yourself or almost in denial. Yeah. And then then it's like, wait a sec, wait a sec. (laughs) This is not how I'm going to write my story. Yeah. Because you are the author. So yeah, I love that. With all of that said, are there any things and tips or lessons learned that you know you want to share with upcoming entrepreneurs or people out there that are like really inspired by your journey and thinking like, how can they apply that in their lives or people who are doubting themselves and having a hard time embracing and loving themselves? Mm-hmm. What are some takeaways that you leave them with? I think what I've realized throughout my life, and that is now applicable to at last as well, is just finding my messaging and really staying true to it, fighting for it through everything that I do. I think that you will see that the common thread through every job that I've had, every relationship that I had, is that I want to help people and I want them to bloom to their fullest potential. And I think that through this process, I've learned that it's really easy to get 
lost in the mix of everything of what everyone else is doing. You'll see. And exactly what you said, you try to mimic, you're like, Oh, that person did that really well. Let me try it too. What I realized over the years is that every time I tried to do that, it felt inauthentic and I didn't like it. Like it didn't feel true to me. And so I always bring this up, like what Christine told me when I was in my early twenties, which is that there's no other person in the world that is like you. You're the only one who lived through your experiences and that's what makes you special. And I just want women, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, you have so much to offer in the world. Like don't let anyone stand in your way, especially not yourself. Through this process, I've learned that I stood in my own way way too much. But as long as I keep working towards this central message, this core message of what I really believe, which is to help women feel confident and feel good and, you know, be able to have that first step towards getting to where they want to be, I will have known that I've done my job. So Mm. yeah, I think finding your messaging and knowing why you're doing what you're doing is really, really just that sweet spot of understanding your entrepreneurial journey. Yeah, no, I completely 100% agree. I think there's a quote that we have on the PIP Instagram where you said like, you know, if you have an inkling, like go for it, you know, Mm -hmm. trust it. And I think that's for anyone at any point of your journey, whether, you know, you've already started a whole company or you're in the beginning and you're like, you know, I just graduated college it's the middle of COVID. I don't know what I'm doing, you know, bringing it back to the basics of what Regina said about finding your message. And why are you here? Why do you think that you're here? <laughs> I know it sounds like a big question, but it really comes down to the most simple thing. Mm-hmm. And when you actually think about it, you know, wanting to help someone is a very simple, almost no brainer concept, but not everybody has that in that way. And also how do you want to help someone based off of what you've been through? Mm-hmm. One of the easiest ways to find out your why is what did you grow up feeling like you didn't have or you missed mm. in your life? Where did you wish that you had? Mm-hmm. That's something that you can always speak very authentically to. And I would say that that also contributes to imposter syndrome because I feel like a lot of people feel like, oh, I wish I had this, but I'm not an expert. I don't know that. Mm -hmm. But because you felt this way, what makes you an expert in that area is like you could speak truthfully. You know how it feels not to have that. That's an inkling in itself of if you understand that and you have an idea of like, dude, I really wish I had this or that this is something that I think would have made my life better or easier. That's an inkling. That's a key. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Well, I love I love everything about what you're doing, what you've been through. I mean, just watching your journey. I love that you use the word blossom because I feel like that's just watching you. You've been blossoming, but also in different stages, right? So mm-hmm. I think that adds so much more depth and honesty to what you've been through and what you're going to bring to this brand and whatever else that you decide to create. So my last question is, how can people support you and support you helping other people? You can support us by following us on Instagram at where at last and by purchasing our bundles of teas and masks. We are still donating 70% of proceeds to first line responders. And this is just kind of like that first stepping stone. It's making me realize like, yeah, if we all pull together to do little things, we can do big things together. So yeah. Yay. Yay. Congratulations. Yay. The Pit Thank Fam you. celebrates you. Yay. Thank 
you. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for all the support that you guys have given me during this journey. It's been so kind, all the messages that I've received so far, and I'm really excited to continue sharing this brand with you guys. Yay. So definitely go check out at where at last, (laughs) at where at last or where at last.com and share it with a friend, buy a friend a mask. I think that's like one of the nicest gifts though. That's the thing where I'm like, oh, you thought of me with a mask and it's so cute. I know, right? Or like a carton of eggs. It's like better than flowers now. (laughs) Oh, not for you though. (laughs) Not for you though. That was a bad example for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And also I will say that Regina's t-shirts like the and tees that she's selling right now are the softest t-shirts yeah ever. that was a huge focus for this tee specifically like I wanted to have a good fit and I wanted it to be super soft because we don't have time for not soft tees <laughs> life is too short life is too short <laughs> that should be your slogan now life, life is, is too, too short. short wear comfortable clothes <laughs> <laughs> all right guys thank you so much and we'll talk to you soon Bye. Bye. Yeah, the sun's so new. Yeah, the sun's so new. Yeah, the sun's so new.